going on, everyone? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However you may be taking in the Man Cave Huddle, as I always do, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule, where I am your host, Greg. Normally, I have a lot more energy. I'm not trying to come off lethargic, uninterested, or uninspired. Um, This episode, I want to just express some thoughts, how I feel about George Floyd and everything surrounding that. Um, You know, for me, I wanted to do this podcast, talk about sports, lifestyle, entertainment, and be the candy store while you're driving to work or you just have something on your mind that you just want to not think about or not want to deal with. And sometimes that's where sports comes in, where you might just get away from whatever's bothering you and watch a football game or a basketball game for a couple hours. Or you just might entertain some meaningless debate on who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James, and you could get into, you know, conversations like that. But this situation um, with George Floyd, I just felt like I didn't initially want to touch it or comment on it because I felt like it was something where everybody and their mom was talking about it. What am I going to say that's different? Or I didn't want to step out of the candy store. But, you know, um, I think I just want to do my part by using my platform to try and just maybe reach one person that may not understand how we may be feeling. And it's not all those people that are out there rioting, looting, or committing those stupid crimes. It's about the people that are peacefully protesting. The people that are out there day in, day out, wanting to not get the message across, but get change to happen. Because when we talk about the system... The system isn't actually broken. The system is doing what it's designed to do. We're at the point now, I think all of us are, where it's like no more time for talk. Martin was trying to talk. Malcolm was trying to talk. Colin Kaepernick wasn't even talking. He was just kneeling. And the message always gets misconstrued and it gets to be about that and not this. Colin wanted to bring the attention of police brutality by kneeling. And the narrative got changed to he's disrespecting the flag. Oftentimes when change occurs, disruption and uncomfortability is linked to it. I don't know what Colin Kaepernick could have done to draw attention to what he's trying to bring attention to. Should he do it when it's comfortable or right for everybody or politely send an email saying, I would like America to read this because nobody would have cared what he had to say. But now that he did what he did, people started to open up their eyes and say, why is he doing this? And that message got across, but did it. I mean, it's at the point now where, we shouldn't want to have conversations about certain things unless we feel confident that change is going to happen. We've been wanting to have these chats and conversations for a while now, but nothing ever comes about from it. 
I know a lot of people are talking about defunding police and the police are bad. Personally, myself, I don't think all police are bad, but as in any team organization or any unit, you have good people that are really trying to do the right thing for the right reason, and you have bad people that are taking advantage of the situation. I got police that are in my family that I know he's a good human being, a great person. I know he's a good cop. That's why I can't sit here and say all of them are bad. But I also can't sit here and ignore the ones that are because they are, they are out there and they exist. Do they outnumber the ones that are good? I mean, sometimes when you watch some of these videos, you feel that way. But when we talk about defunding the police, we should also think about what we're going to have in place of that. Because throughout this quarantine period, it just feels as though you could have everything you want from the internet, books, video games, TV, all forms of entertainment. You could go for a walk. I mean, you could go to the store, whatever. But it just feels like you just want to go back to the regular schedule that you had prior to the pandemic. And you have everything that you want, but you still feel like you're in jail some way, some form, somehow, right? What about those guys and women that are in jail for committing egregious crimes? Are they getting the therapy that they need to understand, hey, you murdered somebody. This is why you're here. And this is why it wasn't good what you did. Or, hey, you committed this crime and you actually mentally help them understand so that when they get reacclimated into society, they don't come in with more venom because they felt like the 20 years they were in jail was a timeout. They can come in understanding what they did was wrong and they could be a productive person of society. Now, that happens to some of them, but like the police, some actually get reformed and come out. And some don't. But if there was a program there do, designed for that, I think you would have a better shot. The same way with some of these crimes that people commit, do you really need the police to come in at, for every little thing? Or maybe if you had therapists or people that were trained to handle situations, that maybe the roughhousing wouldn't need to transpire. And I'm not saying you wouldn't need some type of policing because there are situations where, look, if a guy comes home drunk and he's beating on his significant other and she calls 911 and says, he's beating the hell out of me right now. I don't think a therapist is needed to come in that situation. That's where you might need the police at that point in time. But then let's say you have other situations where you can actually help people as opposed to just saying, do what we tell you to do and that's it. I mean, I think we as individuals could do things. I mean, I know for myself, when this whole pandemic situation is over, I plan on trying to mentor some young kids in my old hood, my old town. Maybe tell them, hey, look, I was just like you. I had it rough too, but I just didn't give up. I had hope. I had dreams. And I just showed up every day because there's only one thing that comes after hard work. And that's results. I firmly believe that. How about making sure that my house is in order before I start criticizing and telling other people, oh, you should be doing this. 
oh, you should be doing that. Making sure that all the ducks are in a row in my own house. So I can sit there and be ready to give advice or criticize or say things about other people. And being the change that I want to see. I mean, you sit there and you're watching the news and depending on what you watch, what you read, what you research, you see all these negative things out there. But each and every one of us, if we all change, that's how you can actually gain the momentum and that groundswell where that little pebble starts to become a boulder. And now you have the speed and the momentum of a boulder heading down the hill of a mountain. That's what you really want to create change. But in order for that to happen, as each and every individual, we need to be the change that we need to see, that we want to see. I want to raise leaders. I want to raise kings and queens. I don't want to raise followers and pawns. I want to raise ones that will question authority, not to question authority to be a smart ass, a wise ass, or cause trouble, but question authority to sit there and say, how can we do this better? What is more effective? How can I challenge myself to create a better systematic way of doing things? Because asking the question, why is it terrible? What's terrible is not answering that question, why? In my opinion. Because respect is also important. You got to challenge authority and ask why, but do it in a respectful way so you get a respectful response. I'm not saying be disrespectful and go out there and get up in people's faces and ask why. It's all in your approach sometimes when you want to get what you want. And I want to connect with the younger generation. I mean, it's the, you know, you got the old saying, young generation, new generation versus old generation, new school, old school, you know? Young generation is always faster, hipper, more with the times where the older generation set in their ways, maybe not be as faster or as trending or as technologically equipped with the latest technologies. How about we bridge that gap? Instead of saying, I don't like you because you're younger or I don't like you because you're older. How about bridging that gap and saying, look, I'm a financially educate and give you guys some information that might help you life experiences, financial information that could create generational wealth. Talking about things that you can't learn in a book, but you could learn by the OGs that have life, life experience. Because when you get reach a certain age in life, you do begin to realize that sometimes when the older people are talking, it's best to just sit down and listen because yes, some things that they have to say have no pertinence to the conversation and it doesn't make any sense. But there's sometimes they might say something where it's more so of a principle and not the act that they had to become or to get to where they are. And maybe understanding that attitude, that mentality and that spirit is what you need and not the way they did it, but having the attitude or spirit. For example, in terms of passing out information, you know, when I was young, I didn't know um, what 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 a pension was. When I was in my when I was in my twenties, when you're a school teacher, you get a pension. When you are a garbage man, you could get a pension. So let's say you're one of those people that you really don't want to work hard. You're just lazy and you want to wake up, do your job, come home, and play video games. Why don't you become a garbage man? 
Yeah, people can laugh and say, ha, 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 you're throwing out my trash. You know, there are people that ha are, have been doing that for 20, 30 years and are making over 50, maybe 70, close to six figures. And you, when you retire with that pension, who's going to sit there and have the second laugh? Or what about people that have retired, have a pension, and then do uh, get back into the workforce by being something as simple as a school driver? That's easy when you're retired, work a couple day, work a couple hours a day, weekends, holidays off, summer camp is extra money. These are the things that we could use to pass down as, hey, look, you don't have to be a manager at this store. You don't have to work a nine to five. These are other ways that you can use to be successful or earn enough money to live the life that you want to live. And one last thing that I wanted to bring up is the comment when I'm sure we've all heard it, seen it online, when you sit there and say, all lives matter, all lives matter, not just black lives. And when you hear that, you sit there and say to yourself, you know, all right, let me sit down and understand what's your premise when you say that to us. Because I know as black people, when we said black lives matter, we never said it's only black lives matter. We never said only black lives matter. We say black lives matter because we know all lives matter. But it's just that for right now, we feel that black lives are in danger and we matter because we don't feel like we matter anymore. I want to illustrate that by giving you an example. Let's say a fire truck is driving down the block, beautiful neighborhood, beautiful houses, and there's one house at the end of the block that's on fire. Now, everybody's in their house, in their house minding their own business, and everybody knows that this house is on fire. Everybody knows that their house is important. So should the fire truck stop at each house and ask if everything is okay in their house as they make their way down to the house that's on fire? Or should they go directly to the house that's on fire and give that house the most attention because that particular house is what matters the most at that point in time? I think that's what we as black people are saying. We feel like we're that house on fire and things are happening to where we feel like we are in danger. We feel like right now, we don't... It's not that nobody else matters, but we feel like we matter too. And things are happening where we feel like we don't matter. And we don't think that is cool. I hope that I was able to just get across in a, in a regular way or my way that we can't let or allow what has transpired to just in six, 12 months from now, let it dissipate and we go back to the way it was. We don't have to go back and be militant. We don't have to go back and say, hey, I don't like this person or I don't like that person for whatever reason. What we do need to do is we should all educate ourselves. We should all sit there and look at ourselves and saying, am I doing my part? You don't have to be, you don't have to sit there and be in the parades, the parades. You don't need to sit there and be in the protest. What if you're working in a corporate office? What if you're an entrepreneur? What if you are doing a public service? Do your part. 
do your part educate yourself educate others provide the example to say look this is why black lives matter maybe have conversations with people of different ethnicities race and color I mean, like I mentioned earlier with Colin Kaepernick, it was not his idea to initially kneel. It was the it was the idea of an army veteran that said, I would rather you not sit on the bench. I would rather you take a knee because that shows a little bit more respect than sitting down. And the narrative got lost because, oh, he's disrespecting the flag. But you should do the research on that, fact checkers and see why he actually took a knee. But I'd like to give you a quote from the late, great Malcolm X. Always inspiring. Education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. You know what? I'm going to give you a two for one. I'm going to give you two quotes. Education is the passport to the future for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Quote number two, you can't separate peace from freedom because no one can be at peace unless he or she has his or her freedom. Thank you for listening. Educate yourself. Stay safe. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>